0: beginning with the Chargers pregame show at 10 o'clock this morning. KFMB's microclimate forecast from Matt Bailo. High clouds today. Most of the fog is now burned off except along the coast. Areas of fog once again overnight. Currently 55 degrees in downtown San Diego. KFMB News has been a service of Sears. Get 10% off at Sears Sunday through Wednesday when you use your Sears card, even on sale items and big-ticket merchandise. Offer ends November 21st. Sears where else gem secrets is coming up next i'm tom riappell with news every half hour and when it happens on your charger station 760 kfmb
1: Welcome to Gem Secrets and Hidden Treasures, the nationally syndicated jewelry and collectibles radio show. For the next hour, we'll discuss all facets of the jewelry and collectibles industry. Have a question? Give us a ring at 1-800-760-5362. Now here's the author of The Diamond Buying Guide, The Secrets of Buying Diamonds. It's the host of Gem Secrets, jewelry appraiser and graduate gemologist, Michael Rogers.
2: Hello and welcome again to Gem Secrets and Hidden Treasures, the Jewellery Collectible Radio Show. Uh, This week, we're going to be talking with an expert on books and manuscripts. Um, She's from uh, PBA Galleries in San Francisco, and welcome to the show, Marjorie. Marjorie, how are you today?
3: I'm doing fine today, thank you.
2: Good, very good. Tell us a little bit about uh, the gallery that you're from, PBA Galleries.
3: Uh, PBA Galleries is an auction house. We're located in San Francisco, California, and we devote ourselves exclusively to what we call works on paper and and related items. The general um, items that we do sell are rare books and manuscripts and autographs, and they're sold at auction. We have two types of auctions. We have online auctions, which are continuous, and they can be found at our website, which is www.pbagalleries.com, and there you can bid yourself from your home. They last 10 days, and you find all sorts of collectible books up there. Then we have what we call gallery auctions, and these are live auctions, and people can attend the auctions. They can bid during real time online or on the phone or absentee, and these are the usually what are considered more of the rare books, the harder to find books and the more expensive books. Mm-hmm. All
2: right, now, since we're talking about auctions, take us through the uh... the process if i wanted to sell a rare book through um, the galleries what are the steps that need to be taken
3: um, the steps that you would take um, there are there are one or two ways that you can go about it you could um, go to our website and that gives you a lot of you there's a consignment page that takes you through it mm-hmm. and then you can either send me a description of your book or you can call me on the phone or you can just call me on the phone which is what most people do and you say i have a book and i say okay tell me about it and you should have the book with you and I'll ask for certain points of information. Who is the author of the book? What is the title of the book? Where was the book published? And um, if there's a date on the book, what is the date? Um, Other, some books require more information than others. If you have what what you believe is a modern first edition of The Sun Also Rises by Hemingway, I'll ask you, does it have a dust jacket and things like that? Because Mm -hmm. books from different periods require different information.
2: Now, tell us about a different type of category of books that you usually come across.
3: Okay. Well, Modern First Editions is a big one because a lot of people, um, their parents or their grandparents happen to have them in, their, in the house. So if they're cleaning out an estate, the they might come across them. And on the other side, they're heavily collected. A Modern First Edition is a book that is the first publication of that title, it is um, usually by an author who is um, sought after. Everything in rare books and manuscripts and and, and anything else is supply and demand. If so, if it's hard to find, it's going to be more valuable. And it has to be an author that people are interested in collecting. So if it's um, Jim Smith, who wrote a book of poems in 1920, but nobody remembers him anymore, even if you have a signed copy of Jim Smith's poems, they're not going to be very valuable. On the other hand, if you happen to have Ernest Hemingway's first book, or first really, not his first book, but his first most um, best received book, mm-hmm. like The Sun Also Rises. It's early enough that people weren't out buying tons of those books, so they're hard to find, and they're hard to find in dust jackets, so that will make it a very valuable book.
2: Now with the dust jacket, that's pretty much to protect the book from uh, the elements? Or the
3: yeah, originally the dust jacket it was, done, it was done for a couple of reasons, and I'll just go over a few here. Um, one of... One of the reasons, they, it wasn't really put into full swing until probably the late 1920s. It was done in, in the early 20th century, and even you can even find some in the 19th century that are very rare. And sometimes those don't even have a picture on them. They're just like a piece of glassine paper wrapped around the book. And um, they were done for a few reasons. One was an advertising purpose, too. They caught your eye when you were walking down the street. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they told you something about the book. And... Um, they, they're a part of the package. A lot of people um, look at those, people who collect earlier books are very, oh, those dust jackets, you know, those those are silly. And they're not. They're really important to the book because they're the whole book as it was when it was published. Mm. And some jackets are much rarer than others, especially those that were done in the um, 20s, because people weren't used to keeping them on the books.
2: Now, does the value of the book go down when the, the- um, the actual jacket is missing? Yes, yeah,
3: so for instance, and let's and we'll take The Sun Also Rises as a good example because it's one of the few um, modern American first editions that does retain a value even if it does not have its jacket. Mm-hmm. However, even a nice copy, so one in good condition, is going to sell probably only in, at auction in the three dollars to $400 range, while if it had its jacket on and it's the first jacket, because there were jackets done later too, so that's mm-hmm. another point. But, they, um, it will sell in the thousands of dollars.
2: Okay. one eight hundred seven six zero five three six two. if you have any questions about books and manuscripts, perfect time to call. We have uh, Marjorie here to answer your questions. Now, Marjorie, after the modern period of books, what's the next uh, period that
4: comes up?
3: Well, the modern, then you get into something that's called, you still have what we, you have contemporary, it's almost like art in a way, and mm-hmm. then you, you have, but we have, you um, a phrase that was coined just a few years ago and, and we're talking only fiction here too But I haven't really gotten into any other subjects mm-hmm. But you have something now What we, we might call that hypermodern modern um, books And hyper-modern books are books that have been really published In probably the last 20 years And they, um, and there again, you're looking for really first books And sometimes books that were made into movies Suddenly will have a, um, a big interest in their... Collectability, if you will. So, um, Larry McMurtry, he's very collectible. Mm-hmm. But the er- his earlier books are more collectible than his later ones, but still, the Last Picture Show and um, Lonesome Dove, books like that, they're 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 attractive, and they're attractive not only to book collectors but also to. Um, somebody who's um, who likes books and happens to like Larry McMurtry, and they can get a copy of that book. And if he's in town, they can get him to sign it. And mm-hmm. all of those things help to promote the value of the book.
2: Now, uh, are uh, paperbacks also as expensive as the uh, original?
3: Paperbacks, we don't deal in paperbacks. Um, there are certain times where we will deal, deal in paperbacks. We're going to be having a modern literature sale on December 6th, which includes a big collection of William S. Burroughs, The Beat. Um, poet, mm-hmm. and a lot of his books, which came out only in paperback, "Junky," "Naked Lunch," things like that. Those are valuable um, books. Like "Lonesome Dove," as put out in a paperback, is not.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, with the price range, what what's the typical price range people can expect to see when they go to an auction and they want to uh, put a bid on a book?
3: If they want to put a bid on the book, well, if they're going to bid online, they they have a much broader field. They mm-hmm. can. The bidding starts at a. Uh, for some books, are, the bidding is at $20. So you can maybe pick a book out that you like, that you want, and that isn't you know terribly sought um, after at this moment, but you, you want to have it. And I call those collectible books. Mm. And then if you want to go to an auction, an auction um, minim- has a minimum price starting, too, but it's usually a little bit higher. So if we have something, let's say, estimated at two to $300, which is our low-end estimate, it'll open up at $100.
2: Now what are some of the uh, more valuable books that you've actually auctioned off?
3: Well, we've auctioned off a lot of um, different books in different fields. So Western Americana we do extremely well in. It's a huge collecting field and it's it's a seasoned collecting field. So people who buy in Western Americana usually are looking for specific books to fill out their collections. And at one point, a couple of years ago, we did sell a book. It was a book of photographs of San Francisco by a photographer named Farden. They were salt prints, which is a, a way of developing um, photographs back then. And um, it was the first book devoted to a major American city, and it happened to be San Francisco. And that book hadn't been sold in a long time. It hadn't been seen complete in a long time, and it had been made only for a certain amount of people. It hadn't didn't have a wide publication it was a 19th century book and ours was complete and i came actually from the family who had had it made for them and it's ended up we opened up the bidding i think at i don't know twenty five or thirty five thousand dollars and it went all the way up to almost two hundred thousand dollars in a heartbeat all
2: right right. sorry to cut you off but we gotta take a quick break we're gonna come back we're gonna talk more with marjorie shaw from pba galleries you're listening to gem secrets and hidden treasures
4: are you tired of sinking thousands of dollars into a diamond when your money could be better spent elsewhere? Pristinegems.com is proud to announce the Asha, the newest diamond simulant on the market that has people selling their moissanite and diamonds. Unlike moissanite, with its greenish seaweed color tint, the Asha mimics the beauty and color of a natural, flawless diamond. All of the Asha's stones are cut to hearts and arrows perfection, which allows more than 96% of light to return back to the naked eye to enhance its sparkle and brilliance, while most diamonds reflect only 70%. The Asha is affordably priced and comes with an extensive lifetime warranty, which includes protection against chipping. Even the entertainment and television industry is impressed with the ASHA, using it as a substitute for expensive diamond jewelry. So experience the difference. Visit pristinegems.com where you can take the ASHA challenge and decide for yourself which looks best. A $35,000 Hearts and Arrows diamond, cubic zirconia, moissanite, or the ASHA the asha diamond simulant where fire meets ice are you planning on
5: buying or selling a home then come see the coldwell banker team of francis and ken owen they specialize in serving the needs of first-time buyers and sellers senior citizens or families in the market for a house in the north county communities of san diego with the owen team you receive realtors who are a valuable information resource for new home buyers to the area they are well aware of the schools neighborhoods services and benefits available in the north county you also receive two top real estate professionals for the price of one. The Owen team has received numerous awards in recognition of their exemplary performance on behalf of their clients. They have been the recipients of the prestigious President's Circle Award, recognizing the top 1% of agents nationwide. You can consider the Owen team as your personal lifetime realtors. Francis and Ken Owen believe that the purchase or sale of a home should be a positive experience, so they make sure the process of buying or selling your home is a smooth, quick, and enjoyable one. So contact Francis and Ken Owen at the Coldwell Banker office in Vista. Call now at 760-643-5036.
6: Honey, our 10th anniversary is coming up. You know what that means, don't you? What, you
4: are going to trade me in for a new model?
5: No,
6: I'm afraid your warranty expired years ago. No, silly, you promised me a diamond ring for our anniversary.
5: You know, I'm kind of afraid of us getting ripped off. Look what happened when Sandy and her husband bought a diamond. She wasn't satisfied with the diamond, and he wasn't happy about the price. And don't forget about Jim, who's still in the doghouse because he bought a fake diamond.
6: Don't worry, honey. I found a great book called The Secrets to Buying Diamonds. It teaches you how to choose the right diamond that you can afford. The Secrets to Buying Diamonds will definitely help us avoid getting ripped off.
5: Hmm. The Secrets to Buying Diamonds.
6: Sounds great. It's filled with color photos and information about diamond inclusions, enhanced and treated diamonds, and the newest lookalike diamond, moissanite. It also shows you how to choose a mounting for your diamond, as well as checklists to ensure that we buy a diamond that we'll be satisfied with.
4: Thank goodness. The secrets to buying diamonds will definitely give me some peace of mind. Make your next diamond purchase a pleasant one with the secrets to buying diamonds. Reserve your copy today, online, or at your local Barnes & Noble bookstore.
1: Now back to Gem Secrets and Hidden Treasures, the nationally syndicated jewelry and collectibles radio show. Once again, here's jewelry appraiser and... Graduate gemologist, Michael Rogers.
2: 1-800-760-5362. Number to call if you have any questions for Marjorie uh, from PBA Galleries. Uh, We're here talking about books, manuscripts, and other items. Uh, Now, Marjorie, with a a book, what's... does the condition of the book make a difference in terms of its value?
3: The condition does make a big difference. Um, it, it really, and it also, there are, of course, um, things that um, come into it. If you have a book, let's say an incunabula book, which is the first 50 years of printing, that's from the mid 1400s to about 1500. Mm-hmm. Um, the better the condition, the better the value and the price of the book. However, there are going to be people are going to allow for things. They're going to allow for torn pages and things like that. Mm-hmm. If you get on into um, the 17th, 18th, 19th century, you're, that becomes less um, forgivable. And then when you get into the 20th century, it's, it is almost a case of you want the book to look as. as New as possible. And that's not always the case. So, in, in other words, if you get, for instance, The Wizard of Oz and L. Frank Baum, that's a huge collecting area. And people collect that no matter what the condition. And that's extremely rare. And they do what's called trading up. They might have started collecting when they were 15 and they mm-hmm. couldn't afford a beautiful book. So they trade up until when they got older, they can get a great copy. Other books, it's so hard to get a, since we've been t- talking about first and best jackets. Um, The Great Gatsby by Fitzgerald, it's It's a terribly hard book to get in its dust jacket. So even if you got the book and it had only half the jacket, that's better than nothing. Um, But in uh, most cases, if you had a copy of Frasier's Gold Mountain, which was a big hit a couple of years ago, your copy should look pretty new.
2: Wow. Now, with the the collection of a book, how is it graded? Is there a a different type of grading scale that's uh, used to uh, determine the condition of a book?
3: There is, and it's it's not standardized, but it's pretty much what the most of the um, ABAA, which is the Antiquarian um, Booksellers um, of America Association of America, and that's that's a, if somebody's an ABAA dealer, you know that you're going to somebody who really knows rare books, mm-hmm. um, and or the auction houses. Um, we do it, and the ones on the East Coast is if there's something in if you if a book is good, it's really almost only a reading copy. Okay, Mm -hmm. The book is very good, which is what most older books will be. And that means it's been read, but it's still a tight, clean copy. Um, It's not going to fall apart when you open it up. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you have near fine, which means that it's – you can see it's a used book, but it's really beautiful. It's clean, and you have to look close to find all of its failings. And then you have fine, which is – the best that you can be. Now, people, they will add adjectives to those. They will say, oh, very fine, and, or they'll say pristine. Well, to me, pristine has to be wrapped in shrink wrap and never unwrapped. I mean, that, that's kind of, it's hard to find a pristine book, but you can find close to that. Um, sometimes what people will do in a book description is they'll say, very good with a nick to the spine. So what they're saying is, this book is overall, it's a very good book, you'll like the way it looks, but there is an obvious flaw I need to point out, and there's a nick to the spine of the book. Mm-hmm
2: one 800 if you have any questions about books or manuscripts or other items uh, we have a marjorie here from pba galleries to answer your questions Now, with the uh, the current books that are out now what are the more popular books uh... that you can uh... pick up in the last maybe ten or fifteen years that are really hot on the market now
3: well i think the harry potter books are probably the ones that are going to come faster to mind um, the first harry potter book which of course and this is the case in almost any book of, by an author who ends up becoming popular. The first book came out as the first edition, so that was the first issue, the first time it was off the press. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the most valuable of all of the books because nobody knew how popular it was going to be, and it was just by chance if you were able to pick up that first edition. And you had to pick that first edition up in England because when an English writer writes a book, the first edition is typically first done in London, and American writer does a book. It's first done somewhere in the United States. And so that's a terribly um, valuable book. And um, I don't know if it will ride a current. I don't know if it will will end up being less valuable, you know, 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. Right now it's valuable. The second one I think they did in um, a limited edition as well as the regular edition. And that's a way of doing limited editions which is done a lot, it's done in science fiction, too, and other types of literature. That's a way of making the book already a collector's item. It's kind of like prints. You know, you get a print, and you see it's one out of 200 or something mm-hmm. like that. That's what these are, too. Usually they're signed by the author, or, or they're in a slip case. It's some, they're made to look attractive. And then you also have the trade edition. And by now, when the third book came out, I don't think it's going to have the same... Impact that those 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 other two because everybody already knows everyone's collecting them so they're being snapped up and I'm sure the first run was done in a huge huge mm-hmm. amount so. so the
2: books that you see in Barnes and Noble for the very first book that's probably the, uh, the second or third printing
3: so for Harry Potter I'm guessing mm-hmm. for other books no I mean I, I I was able to pick up a first edition and a lot of and a lot of your listeners will be able to do it too if they if the next um, I don't know, if the next book by an author they like comes out, mm-hmm. and that author um, may be popular. Let's say, um, V.S. Naipaul, who just won the Nobel um, Prize. Again, he's published out of London, so if you happen to be in London in a bookstore and his next book just came out, you can probably find the first edition. Not everybody's lining up to get it, mm-hmm. and so pick it up. If, if there's an author you like, you should pick that up. Mystery Writers. Um, my sister collects first editions by women mystery writers. So when Sue Grafton comes out with her next book, she goes and she buys that book, and, and it'll say first edition. Hers usually say first edition. Um, and then she keeps it. And then sometimes what she'll do is she'll wait and she'll get the paper back to read it. Or when she is reading the book, she'll take off its dust jacket to keep it nice, mm-hmm. and then she'll read the book.
2: Wow. Now, with the, what are some of the valuable books that are out um, of all time,
3: okay. Of all time, we're going to get back way, go way back in history. Probably, I would think, arguably, the most valuable book is the Gutenberg Bible. Mm-hmm. It was the one that came out um, first, in around the you know mid 1400s, um, it had a, a complete copy has not sold. Um, well, I, I know that Volume One, which is the Old Testament, that one did sell in 1987 at a very special auction. It was the Doheny sale. She had a huge collection and. When she passed away, they had a huge sale, and it sold in 1987 for $4.9 million. Really? Yeah, and it was in really nice shape, too. Now, leaves, and leaves are just the pages out of the book. A leaf from that book now these days. If we sold a leaf from the Gutenberg Bible, it's going depending on the leaf because some of them are very nice looking and some of them are rather plain. Mm-hmm. It, it will sell just that leaf for twenty to thirty thousand dollars. Wow! So if one came up now, it's going to go for I couldn't even tell you. I guess it would go between fifteen and. $30 million.
2: Now, uh, now, is that book more uh, valuable because of uh, how old it is, or is there another uh, angle? There's
3: a huge history behind it, and there are people who will collect the books because of the history. It's really more or less marked as the first printed book, so it has that history behind it. It was also beautifully done, mm-hmm. and um, it's so important to the history of, of books. And, and the thing about books is they're, they're not just unto themselves. They are the, they're important to the history of the world. I mean, when books started to be printed, people were out of the dark ages. Mm -hmm. People were able to read, they were able to correspond, and um, this was really the start of that. So that's an extremely valuable book. Then um, recently, I think in 1998, a first edition of Chaucer's The Canterbury Tales, which was um, done by Caxton, he was a well-known printer. Mm -hmm. Um, That was done in around 17, um, I guess, 48. And that one sold for almost seven million dollars. So you know, if that one sold in '98 for almost seven million, that the Gutenberg would surpass that, even though it's a great book, The Canterbury Tales, and, and it's very important because it's really um, one of the first books of non-religious, you know, and it, give, mm-hmm. it gave you an insight into the social, um, the social goings-on of that time period as well. And uh, again, a very important book. Um, in history as well, and also in English. Um, Then another book that's extremely popular, if you can find it, is um, the um, Audubon's Birds of America, which we jump into the 19th century. That was done 1827 to 38. It's a huge book, four volumes, and it's called, and they're all different editions, all different sizes, and this is the elephant folio. And by elephant folio, that is the size of the book. And it, it, it's based on how pages were folded. But mm-hmm. a folio book is usually at least two feet tall. Mm-hmm. And, um, the, and you really need two people to help open the book. And this one has over, um, around, I think, 300 plates. They're hand-colored birds. And it sells in probably the 3 to $5 million range. If you can get it, it will also sell if it's not complete, which is unusual. But books, if you collect books because you think they have beautiful plates in them, you can buy them incomplete, but most cases, if you have a set of Balzac, you want to have all of the books.
2: Okay, we're going to come back. We're talking with Marjorie from PBA Galleries. You're listening to Gem Secrets and Hidden
4: Treasures.
3: Our house is gonna be filled with family at Christmas. We have these huge holiday meals so we practically live in our kitchen.
4: In as little as two weeks before your holiday guests arrive, San Diego Kitchen and Bath can renovate your kitchen.
3: San Diego Kitchen and Bath completely redid our kitchen. New countertops and cabinets, new
7: flooring and lighting.
4: Visit the San Diego Kitchen and Bath showroom now and consider all the incredible possibilities. San Diego Kitchen and Bath can design and construct a beautiful new kitchen for your home before Christmas. With their own cabinet shop, they. They can finish your project much quicker than other remodelers.
3: They finished our kitchen exactly when they promised. They were in and out before we knew it.
4: San Diego Kitchen and Bath will give you a guaranteed completion date and they'll pay you $200 a day if they go over the projected date. 30 years of experience. Kitchen remodels in as little as two weeks. Visit San Diego Kitchen and Bath showroom at 1103 Morena Boulevard. That's 1103 Morena Boulevard or call 619-276-1392. San Diego Kitchen and Bath. 619-276-1392.
0: 92. 7:60 KFMP Newstime 7:30. i Tom Rehobald. In the KFMP News Center, Osama bin Laden is still managing to avoid detection. After more than 40 days of military airstrikes in Afghanistan, Taliban leaders continue to deny knowing where he is. U.S airstrikes may not have taken out bin Laden, but reports from people in a small Afghan village say his summer home has been blown to bits. In a compound near Jalalabad, airstrikes aimed at terrorist training camps reportedly shattered the house, which is now a pile of rubble. The holiday season is critical to the financial health of many retailers, but this year may not be full of glad tidings. Businessweek's Atlanta Bureau Chief Dean Faust says the outlook is far from jolly. You
5: know, as a result of the, the, the combination of the terrorist attacks and the, the growing
2: fear of further terrorist strikes, and the fact that we're, you know, we're into a deepening recession. A lot of retailers are starting to, um, you know, face the prospect of a very blue Christmas.
0: Faust says those hardest hit this holiday season will be department stores, jewelers, and high-end apparel retailers. Pope John Paul II wants the world's religious leaders to come together in an effort to pray for peace and work to overcome armed conflicts. He's calling for them to gather on January 24th in Assisi, Italy, the birthplace of St. Francis. KFMB's microclimate forecast from Matt Balo High clouds today. Areas of fog once again overnight tonight. Currently 54 degrees in downtown San Diego. KFMB News has been a service of Barino Casino. Named Barona's new smart parking garage and win a classic Ford Mustang or $15,000 in cash. Details at Barona. Barona Casino. Loose slots. More winners. Are you in? More gem secrets coming up next on your charger station, 760 KFMB. Whoa, Jack, you're home.
1: Oh, oh, right. Hey, Phil.
0: Uh, isn't this the week you wanted me to
5: get your mail and water your plants? That nah, sure is. Look, the watering can's in the kitchen, and you could just set the mail on the counter. Thanks, Phil. Jack. I assumed I was doing this because you were going out of town. No, 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 no. I just got the house wired with Cox Digital Cable and there's a ton of great movies on this week, so...
1: Okay. You're gonna be back to feed the cat later, right? Don't hold your breath. Watch out, she bites. Do you feel this way about TV in your home? You will with Cox Digital Cable. Up to 50 movies every night, uncut and commercial free. Get more movies and more choices, more than satellite. You'll always find what you want, when you want, without having to go to the video store. All from Cox Communications. Get Cox Standard cable or Cox digital cable activated for just $10 or self-connect Cox digital cable for free. Call for details. Call 619 262
5: or 760-599-6060. time offer available in Cox-Wired services in residential
4: locations only. Some services may require equipment rental or purchase. Rates are subject to change other restrictions apply.
2: Welcome back to Gem Secrets and Hidden Treasures. We're talking with Mar- Marjorie Shaw uh, from PBA Galleries. Um, she's an expert on books and manuscripts. Uh, we were just talking about books, and there was another question I wanted to ask you about uh, books. Mm-hmm. Or actually, a manuscript, rather. What's the difference between a book and a manuscript?
3: The a book and a manuscript is the book is printed usually. And, um, um, and a manuscript is um, when we say something as a manuscript, we mean it's in somebody's hand. Then you have something else called a typed manuscript, and that's. Um, when people typed something and then it wasn't published, it was just personally typed and then um, they had it um, lying in their house. Like if you were writing a novel and you happen to be working on a typewriter or even a computer these days and then you signed it, then that's a typed manuscript. And while a book is something that's been published and it's been printed up and it's been issued.
2: Now, is there one more expensive than the other?
3: Um,
2: or does it depend again it upon? It depend, you-
3: Dep- Depends on. I. You know, it's funny. I can say that. You know, around the turn of the century, books became extremely. Every man. Be. That's when they really went out to people who you didn't have to. You know, you weren't a privileged person, and a lot of you. you a lot of your your listeners probably might find that they go into antique stores or or you know flea markets and they find a poem written by somebody in 1890 and it's published and it's in pretty little binding and it's by someone named you know, Florence um, Smith, and she signed it, and th- that's because they were able to get that either self-published or there was a little publishing company that would do it for them, and theirs aren't worth anything because nobody is interested, unfortunately, in Florence Smith's poetry. Um, on the other hand, you might pick something up that's a, a couple of pages of manuscript and it ends up that it's by T.S. Eliot. Well then that's worth a huge amount of money. So. Um, with a manuscript, uh, a manuscript of, let's say, The Wasteland by T.S. Eliot is going to be worth more more than the book, The Wasteland, although The Wasteland is a very valuable book.
2: Okay, let's go to Thelma. We have a phone call from from San Diego. Thelma, welcome to to the show. Yes. How are you today? Fine. Good. What is your question for Marjorie?
3: The question is, uh, I have a complete uh, set of double. W. Somerset Maugham books? Are they? Is it, do they have a value? Well, it would really depend on um, the books. Um, he's he's a little bit more recent than most of the sets are that are collected. Usually, um, those sets probably stop at around Thomas Hardy. And a set is a nice thing to have. It's something I can't really say off the top of my head without looking at it. Um, if it, is it signed by mom, by any chance? Sometimes they did limited sets where the author... I have was. one first edition signed by him. One of them is signed by him? Yes. Then it probably does have some value, um, as, as long as it really is his signature. Sometimes what the authors did is they did something that's called a facsimile signature, and they signed it in the plate, so when the printer was printing it up... No, said, this is actually signed It's actually signed to him. him. Then, yes, it does have a value to it. It does have a value. It does have a value, yeah. If you wanted to, you could um, you could write me... Um, a note and I could tell you more about it once you gave me what I would need is the publication information to see what edition it was. Okay, thank you.
2: You're welcome. Okay, thank you very much. We'll give uh, um, Marjorie's uh, information out uh, so this way you'll be able to uh, call her later on and also I'll put it on the website also so people can just go to the website and they can drop you an email. That'd be great. Okay, now we're going to go to another call in San Diego. We're going to Charlotte. Charlotte, welcome to the show.
3: Yes, um, hi. I just wondered if <clears throat> there was any market for uh, old cookbooks. I have one that's called the Woman's Exchange Cookbook. Mm-hmm. And when was that done? Well, you know, I looked in the front here, and I don't see any date. Uh, I would say it's probably from the 1920s, possibly. Okay. You know, depending on the condition, it it probably does have a value. There, there is a whole group of people who do collect early cookbooks. Um, so they don't sell so much at auction because they don't, their prices aren't always high enough to merit that. Because when you sell something at auction, the auction has to take the commission, and sometimes you're better off going directly to a dealer or or something like that. But they usually sell for under $100. But if it's in good condition, that's what people are looking for with cookbooks. They want them to be clean. They don't want to have, like, you know, eggs spilled all over them. And um, there are cookbook dealers. There are some in the... um, There's one, I think, in the Burbank, Los Angeles area, and they they buy the books, too. So, yeah, it is valuable, and and you could even put together a whole collection if you wanted to. I know people who collect books, cookbooks only from 1920 or cookbooks only from California. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks for your help. Uh Uh-huh. Bye. Thank
2: thank you for your call, Charlotte. Now, that poses a a really interesting question. How often do people not realize that they have a, a... A valuable book pretty much in the bookcase or in the garage or how how often do you come across some stuff a situation like that?
3: Um, You know, I think um, Earlier before the Antiques Roadshow went on TV, um, there are probably more of that than there is now. I, I think there's a type of person who is the person who might go to a flea market um, who might be interested in reading those antiques magazines and newspapers, and, and they're always looking to see if they have something. But then on the other side, you do have somebody who isn't interested at all and doesn't know what they have. And I'm sure there are bo- I, books. Are, there are so many of them out there. It's not like you know, there's this one beautiful armoire that's staring, staring at you. Mm. Um, it's easy for them to not be found. Uh, I, I did have an experience. I worked in New York for a while, where a woman came in. She was. From Brooklyn. She was from Brooklyn. She worked for the city of New York, and she was cleaning out her mother's estate, and her mom passed away. She didn't know much about her life, and, she, and her husband said, I'll oh, just get rid of all of those books, and she said, well, this one looks pretty. I'm going to take it to someone, so she took it to me, and it was actually a valuable book. It was a book done by hand in calligraphy, um, and it was hand-colored, and it was done by a famous binding family who were called the Sangorskis, mm-hmm. and it, it was at that point a $1,500 book. Now it's worth much more, and she was stunned. Wow. She had no idea. She was going to throw it away, and that 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 point in time made me think, "Gee, I bet there are a lot of other books out there that are like that."
2: Okay, we're going to take a quick break. Come back. Uh, we're talking with Marjorie Shaw of PBA Galleries in San Francisco, and we could be listening. You're listening to Gem Secrets and Hidden Treasures. We'll be right back.
1: Are you
5: planning on buying or selling a home? Then come see the Coldwell Banker Team of Francis and Ken Owen. They specialize in serving the needs of first-time buyers and sellers, senior citizens, or families in the market for a house in the North County communities of San Diego. With the Owen Team, you receive realtors who are a valuable information resource for new home buyers to the area. They are well aware of the schools, neighborhoods, services, and benefits available in the North County. You also receive two top real estate professionals for the price of one. The Owen team has received numerous awards in recognition of their exemplary performance on behalf of their clients. They have been the recipients of the prestigious President's Circle Award, recognizing the top 1% of agents nationwide. You can consider the Owen team as your personal lifetime realtors. Francis and Ken Owen believe that the purchase or sale of a home should be a positive experience, so they make sure the process of buying or selling your home is a smooth, quick, and enjoyable one. So contact Francis and Ken Owen at the Coldwell Bank your office in Vista. Call now at 760-643-5036.
6: Honey, our 10th anniversary is coming up. You know what that means, don't you? What,
4: you're going to trade me in for a new model?
5: No,
6: I'm afraid your warranty expired years ago. No, silly, you promised me a diamond ring for our anniversary.
5: You know, I'm kind of afraid of us getting ripped off. Look what happened when Sandy and her husband bought a diamond. She wasn't satisfied with the diamond, and he wasn't happy about the price. And don't forget about Jim, who's still in the doghouse because he bought a fake diamond.
6: Don't worry, honey. I found a great book called The Secrets to Buying Diamonds. It teaches you how to choose the right diamond that you can afford. The Secrets to Buying Diamonds will definitely help us avoid getting ripped off.
5: Hmm the secrets to buying diamonds
6: sounds great it's filled with color photos and information about diamond inclusions enhanced and treated diamonds and the newest look-alike diamond moissanite it also shows you how to choose a mounting for your diamond as well as checklists to ensure that we buy a diamond that we will be satisfied with
4: thank goodness the secrets to buying diamonds will definitely give me some peace of mind make your next diamond purchase a pleasant one with the secrets to buying diamonds reserve your copy today online or at your local barnes and noble bookstore Are you tired of sinking thousands of dollars into a diamond when your money could be better spent elsewhere? PristineGems.com is proud to announce the ASHA, the newest diamond simulant on the market that has people selling their moissanite and diamonds. Unlike moissanite with its greenish seaweed color tint, the ASHA mimics the beauty and color of a natural, flawless diamond. All of the Asha stones are cut to hearts and arrows perfection, which allows more than 96% of light to return back to the naked eye to enhance its sparkle and brilliance, while most diamonds reflect only 70%. The Asha is affordably priced and comes with an extensive lifetime warranty, which includes protection against shipping. Even the entertainment and television industry is impressed with the ASHA, using it as a substitute for expensive diamond jewelry. So experience the difference. Visit pristinegems.com where you can take the ASHA challenge and decide for yourself which looks best. A $35,000 hearts and arrows diamond, cubic zirconia, moissanite, or the ASHA. The ASHA Diamond Simulant, where fire meets ice. (laughs)
2: to gem secrets and hidden treasures today's topic we're talking about books manuscripts and other items we're talking with marjorie shaw from pba galleries in san francisco now marjorie what is the most um important factor of a manuscript um in terms of value
3: in terms of value you know again it it comes down to what a lot and everything i think with books and i think autographs and manuscripts it comes down to your personal interest so um The most important thing is when you're collecting something is first collect something you have an interest in, because especially with a manuscript, you're not going to be able to get that every day. It takes a long time to find, and it can run into a lot of money. So for instance, let's say you're interested in colonial America and the American Revolution period. There are certain things that you can collect from that period. So for, I, what I would first do is I would first put a limit on what I am going to be collecting. Otherwise, it's hard to focus. Mm-hmm. And then um, after that, you might want to think, well, I want to con- collect military items. So you can collect interesting things from that period, like um, soldiers' logs or or, or lists of all, um, artillery that needs to be purchased or things like that. And then you can get up and you can start to collect generals' orders. And then you can collect... Um, documents of um, when they assigned somebody uh, a rank, um, then you can keep on going and you can start collecting. There are people who collect only signers of the Constitution. So these are men who actually signed the Constitution. And they'll collect anything. They'll collect receipts. They'll collect um, grocery lists. They'll collect debt notes. um, They're all signed by those people. So I think really the most important thing is to put a focus on what it is you're going to be collecting.
2: Mm -hmm. Speaking of being signed, with books what what's the percentage of a book uh value um, how much does it go up when a book is signed
3: it goes up let's say we're talking about it and I'll talk low because it's easier let's say we're talking about a $300 book and you have a $300 book um, and it and and it's signed by the author and it's a collected author it may not be it may not be Steinbeck but at the same time it's not an unknown so it's signed by somebody who um, is still really collectible, like um, Joseph Heller, who's, who's like, and it's not Catch-22, which is extremely valuable. It's another one of his books. Mm-hmm. It's going to go up a couple of hundred dollars. Okay. And it also depends on what the inscription is. If it's just signed, let's say you're going, and this is kind of a good thing to bring up for people now who go to get their books signed by authors that they like. Let's say you're an Anne Rice fan, and you, take, you have a first edition of Interview with a Vampire. When you ask her to sign it, don't ask her to sign it to you. Don't say, you know, to Billy, you know, I'm glad you like my books, Anne. Mm-hmm. Ask her to sign the title page. Oh,
2: so that brings the value down a little bit?
3: It. it the problem is, is because if that book, if you end up wanting to sell that book and you sell it to someone named Mary, she doesn't want to Billy in that
2: book. Oh, I see.
3: You know, yeah, it does do that. However, if you happen to be, you know, Tom Cruise and you're getting your book signed by Anne Rice, then. For some people, that will have also a, a little bit more of a oomph to it, um, not for all people. But usually if, if people are signing books, I recommend just have the author sign it, mm-hmm. and, unless they know you and they could say, you know, that's you on page 48. So that's interesting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now,
2: tell us a little bit about autographs. You mentioned you do have autographs. You are... have
3: autograph sales. We usually do. We do mostly historical-related autographs, not so much celebrity, um, although they do cross the line. Celebrity autographs, um, are collected there are are actually autograph um, dealers and autograph auction auction sites um, on the web um, and they go over everything Mm -hmm. and so you can get an autograph by somebody you know it's going to be worth 50 150 dollars if the person is either very reclusive or is no longer alive the autograph will usually go up in value for us, on the celebrity end, we would never turn away a Marilyn Monroe. They sell always for you know a couple of thousand dollars, mm-hmm. if not more. And um, there are forgeries at them, though, so you have to be careful.
2: Now, my my wife got a autograph from um, the actor that played Violet in lily Wonka and the chocker Factory. Mm-hmm. Now she got it signed on a little piece of paper. Does it matter what it's signed on?
3: Well, it does in a way. Um, if I got something signed on a little piece of paper, I would probably. Um, have it, a, it matted. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can take it to a framer and have them matted on some acid-free paper. Mm-hmm. Not, you don't glue the whole thing down. What you do is you tip it, what's called tipping it on, and they'll know what that means. So it's pretty much loose, except it's tipped on in the corners, and then you have another little mat covering over it, and that protects it. Um, otherwise, a little slip of paper is going to be kept in an envelope and it's going to get all wrinkled. Another mm-hmm. thing that people do is they get a, a photograph of the person. So they have a map made, so you have the photograph. Cut, you have a cut for, to show the photograph, then you have another cut space below it that has the mm-hmm.
4: autograph. Them, yeah. And that's
3: a way of displaying it. Because if you're getting an autograph, usually you you would hang it up or you would keep it in an album or something. And you would want to keep it, of course, acid-free and things like that because that's that acid H is...
2: Okay, we're going to talk more with Marjorie Shaw from PBA Galleries. We're going to go uh, talk about autographs when we come back, so stay tuned.
4: Are you tired of sinking thousands of dollars into a diamond when your money could be better spent elsewhere? PristineGems.com is proud to announce the ASHA, the newest diamond simulant on the market that has people selling their moissanite and diamonds. Unlike moissanite, with its greenish seaweed color tint, the Asha mimics the beauty and color of a natural, flawless diamond. All of the Asha's stones are cut to hearts and arrows perfection, which allows more than 96% of light to return back to the naked eye to enhance its sparkle and brilliance, while most diamonds reflect only 70%. The Asha is affordably priced and comes with an extensive lifetime warranty, which includes protection against chipping. Even the entertainment and television industry is impressed with the ASHA, using it as a substitute for expensive diamond jewelry. So experience the difference. Visit pristinegems.com where you can take the ASHA challenge and decide for yourself which looks best. A $35,000 hearts and arrows diamond, cubic zirconia, moissanite, or the ASHA. The ASHA Diamond Simulant, where fire meets ice. You know what I love? I love getting things for free. Like today, this guy was giving away free samples of some new peanut candy.
5: So I went back, you know, 10, 12 times. I don't really like peanuts. Actually, I'm I'm allergic to them, but they were, you know, they were free. And then there was this two-day seminar I sat through to get a free gym membership. I saw I'm gone to the gym. uh, I've driven by, but it's nice to have the option. And, well, it was free. So when I heard about free checking with direct deposit at Union Bank of California, I got really excited. At first, it threw me. I mean, here's something free that I'll actually use but I'm going for it right after I go to this buy one get one free sale on uh rotating tie racks.
6: Everyone is different. And at Union Bank of California, we know it's our job to help you get exactly what you need. That's why we offer free checking with direct deposit, which includes free access to our online banking service and much
7: more. Just a few of the many reasons you can expect more from Union Bank of California. UBOC.com, member FDIC. How does a delicate butterfly make a daring journey thousands of miles from Canada to Mexico? How does it know when to depart for the winter, when to stop for food, and where to finally land? Now's your chance to solve one of nature's migration. Mysteries. Come to the San Diego Natural History Museum to see the exciting exhibition, Monarcha, Butterfly Beyond Boundaries. Walk through the butterfly house filled with live butterflies in all stages of their amazing life cycle. From tiny eggs, striped caterpillars, green chrysalids, to fully mature adults. Enjoy interactive multimedia displays, dramatic videos, games for children, and a new spectacular film. Presented in English, Spanish, and French, Monarcha is an experience your whole family will enjoy. At the San Diego Natural History Museum, Your nature connection in beautiful Balboa Park, daily from 9.30 to 4.30 except Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. Visit the museum's website at www.sdnhm.org.
2: Welcome back to Gem Secrets and Hidden Treasures. We're talking about books, manuscripts, and right now we're talking about autographs with Marjorie Shaw from PBA Galleries in San Francisco. Now, Marjorie, what's the the most popular autographs that are out uh, right now that's being auctioned off?
3: Um, right now we're doing extremely well with um, historically pertinent autographs, I guess that's the best way of putting it, um, presidential autographs. Um, not all of them, but a George Washington autographed. um brings extremely high prices. Abraham Lincoln, um, FDR. There is a one. There's this one photograph that's, um of Stalin, FDR, and Churchill when they're at Malta. And if you can get that signed, uh, we've had them signed, like by Churchill or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, there are ones that are signed by each dignitary, and um, those. That sells for a lot of money. A musical. Um, um, autographs always bring in a lot of money. A George Gershwin autograph is, is extremely popular and sought after. Um, Bach, if, you know, if you can get something. A lot of things with musicians is they will sometimes autograph their music. So what you have is you have a little manuscript of music that they've signed. And um, those are very valuable. Um, letters, interesting letters. Um, we sold a little archive of letters. They were love letters between Howard Hughes and billy dove who was a big silent screen actress and those that i think that brought around fifty thousand dollars i don't remember quite what it brought um, again you know that's something that sold for a lot of money so in our area is that they're tinged with a little bit of history mm-hmm. um, houdini al- always brings a lot so if you think of anybody really significant in any type of history it be it you know motion picture history or um you know even Even gemology. I mean, sometimes we have books that are signed by famous mineralogists and things like that, Mm -hmm. and that's that's an autograph that those those people collecting that type of thing are going to be after.
2: Wow. Okay, we're going to take a quick call here. We're going to talk to Bill in San Diego. Bill, how are you, sir?
0: Yes, I'm fine. Thank you for taking the call. Uh Uh, I had a question about presidential signatures, where I have a a signature from Ronald Reagan. And realizing uh, 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 that, how you know, how would that become increasingly valuable?
3: Well, the Reagan signature already has some value. It will become increasingly valuable. It already is really because, um, unfortunately, he's so ill, he's not signing anything anymore, and um, so his his autograph. It will it, it will only increase in value in time. Is it just a signature? Is it a letter signed? Or
0: no, it's it's his signature uh, that he uh, was kind enough to do for me on an object art that. Was a, a collectible as well?
3: Uh-huh, and he signed it while he was president.
0: He signed it when he was governor
3: when he was governor. Yeah. Okay, you know that that will have value. It really depends on what it was that he signed. was it a, a drawing or something, or No, this was a plaque. It was a plaque that yeah. he had signed. Yeah, that that will enhance the value of the plaque, and it will only go up in value. Presidential autographs only go up in value because they only become more important to history. And um, you bring up an interesting point, though, because um, that it was signed that he, as he was governor is good, but people then also collect presidential signatures only signed while they were president. So that's, that's just a whole other field. But, yeah, definitely you're, you have a valuable item, and I would hold on to it.
0: Thank you very much, and I'll listen for your website.
3: Okay, great. Thank
2: you. Hey, thank you for the call, Bill. And while we're on the subject, let's go ahead and give out the information uh, for uh, the website and,
3: uh, and your company. Okay. Our website is www pbagalleries.com, and um, on it there are links to other sites. If you wanted to send an email to me about if, information about what you have and is it valuable, you can do that at consign, and that's c-o-n-s-i-g-n at pbagalleries.com. And if you're interested in subscription information or even looking, we have all of our past catalogs. We do auction catalogs for all our gallery sales, and those are up online, too, so you can see how a book is described. And then that's also where you can bid on our um, online auctions. And then you just click onto the online auctions, and they're done again. It's easy to register, and they're, they're all up for 10 days. So you can page through. We try to do them on subjects, so we we have two subjects usually at at a time that go up online and then we send out an email announcement to those people who are registered, letting them know what subjects are coming up for sale.
2: Okay. Is it easier for them to contact you by email or by phone?
3: Um, It it really depends. If they don't know what to ask me, it's easier for them to contact me by phone. If they have a book that they want me to um, tell them about, and they and they know how to put that information in there or they feel they can put that information in their email is fine but sometimes i get emails from people saying how do i contact how do i tell you about my book and mm-hmm. then i i have a very exhaustive letter that goes over it and over it but calling me is really easy okay. too and if you have the book next to you if you only have a question on about two or three books we can do it over the telephone
2: okay well thank you very much for being on the show we've got to go unfortunately we- just ran out of time well thank you anyway (laughs) okay take care of yourself Mm -hmm, bye-bye okay guys you can also go to my website gemsecrets.com we'll have all the information uh about marjorie on the show thank
1: you very much and we'll see you next week Thanks for listening to Gem Secrets and Hidden Treasures, the nationally syndicated jewelry and collectibles radio show. Join Michael Rogers again next week to learn about diamonds, gemstones, and more. It's Gem Secrets and Hidden Treasures. One of the great things about living in San Diego is that you can do almost anything you want any time of the year. And that, my
5: friends, includes gardening. Hi, this is Ken Anderson from Walter Anderson Nursery. You know, Ogden Nash once said... My garden will never make me famous. I'm a horticultural ignoramus. I can't tell a string bean from a soy bean or a girl bean from a boy bean. Unlike Ogden's garden, your garden can make you famous. Well, at least in your neighborhood. All you need is a little help from Walter Anderson Nursery and gardener and Bloom Soil Products. Whatever your situation, the experts at Walter Anderson Nursery can help you choose the right gardener and Bloom Soil Amendment for your yard. Whether it's vegetables, bedding plants, ornamentals, or containing there is a gardener and Bloom Soil Product that can help. Stop by either Walter Anderson Nursery location Point Loma or Poway to see the entire line of Gardener and Bloom products. That's Walter Anderson Nursery, open seven days a week to serve you at Enterprise Street and Pacific Highway in Point Loma or Scripps Poway Parkway and Community Road in the Poway Business Park. Walter Anderson Nursery, serving San Diego's gardeners since 1928.
7: We can make your bathroom shine for only $22.99. Here of our kitchen and bath. Nobody likes an old yacht ugly bathroom so why not do what i did contact miramar kitchen and bath they are kitchen and bathroom remodel specialists they'll remove your old tub toilet, surround, and floor covering and make it shine with a new tub low flow toilet durable new ceramic tile and beautiful chrome faucet fixture all for around two thousand dollars miramar kitchen and bath installers are craftsmen who really care about the quality of their work call miramar kitchen and bath at eight five eight two seven one eighty four thirty four or visit their showroom on miramar road behind denny's and ask about the a 22.99 bathroom installation special.
5: Contractors license six five seven three three three.
7: Join hundreds of smiling, satisfied customers like me with bathrooms that shine for only 22.99. And now with the money I saved, I'm having them remodel my kitchen too. remodel the kitchen and This is
1: where the Chargers rock.
0: Junior, say "ow." And
1: Rick Roberts talks. Oh, you need
0: to expand your mind. 760
1: KFMB, San Diego.
7: CBS News, I'm Charlotte Burke. U.S. officials believe they've narrowed down the location of Osama bin Laden to a 30 square mile radius in Afghanistan. CBS News reporter Tom Foti says getting America's most wanted is still top of mind.
1: The main U.S. goal in Afghanistan remains the finding of Osama bin Laden. We
7: are continuing to look for Osama bin Laden and uh, we are going to find him.
1: National Security Advisor Condoleezza Rice.
3: The key here is to strip away his protection.